No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Isaiah rebukes Judah for trusting Egypt rather than in the Lord. In returning and rest was their salvation, but they would not have it. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Isaiah chapter 30 on Simply the Bible. My wife Cindy and I have four grandsons, and our youngest, his name is Tucker. Well, Tucker is three. He's going to be four in January. We had all four of our grandsons over to spend the night the other night, and Tucker was not acting quite right. His brother got a new toy for his birthday, and Tucker felt like it was his possession to use whenever he wanted, however he wanted. So I had to say, Tucker, that's not your toy. That's your brother's toy. You need to let him play with it. It's a brand new toy. He will let you play with it in time. But Tucker would not listen to me and would not leave the toy alone. So I had to put Tucker in time out. Oh my, I think this was the first time I actually had to discipline our grandson, Tucker. And he cried and cried. And finally he said, I'm sorry, Papa. And he gave me a big hug. And I realized as difficult as it is for us as parents or grandparents to discipline, well, it does have a good effect. And I think God understands that. As he looked at his people, Israel, and in this case today, we're going to look at the southern kingdom of Judah. God only wanted the best for his people, and yet at times his people would be rebellious, stubborn, they would not listen. And so what recourse did God have except to bring discipline? And that's what we see here in Isaiah chapter 30. Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel, but not of me, and who devise plans, but not of my spirit that they may add sin to sin who walk to go down to Egypt and have not asked my advice to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Now the Assyrians were invading the land of Judah and they were a great threat. No doubt common sense dictated that Jerusalem didn't have a chance against such a formidable army So the leaders took counsel and worked out a plan with Egypt. But this was not God's will. Because they had been idolatrous, God was allowing Assyria to invade Judah and take many of the cities. Those in Jerusalem should have repented of their deeds. They should have cried out and asked God for forgiveness and his favor and his counsel. Instead, they worked out their own schemes and sought the strength of Pharaoh. Thus, they added sin to sin. When pressure mounts, there is always the temptation to lean on the arm of flesh rather than trusting in the Lord with all our hearts. God's people often make the mistake of looking to the ways of men rather than to the Lord. And when things go awry and the enemy comes in like a flood, could it be that God is simply trying to get our attention? Have we allowed other things to get in the way of our pure devotion to him? Maybe he is allowing trouble in our lives so that 
we will take notice and humble ourselves and seek him and say, God, what do you want to teach me through this? But often we simply try harder in our own strength and our own fleshly methods. But if we would humble ourselves as little children and trust in the Lord with all our hearts, waiting on him to deliver us as we cry out to him in faith, well, then we would see the salvation of the Lord. Verse 3. Therefore, the strength of Pharaoh shall be your shame, and trust in the shadow of Egypt shall be your humiliation. For his princes were at Zoan, and his ambassadors came to Hanes. They were all ashamed of a people who could not benefit them, or be help or benefit, but a shame and also a reproach. So Judah sent her ambassadors to Zoan and Hanes, two Egyptian cities, seeking to make a treaty. But what they thought would be their ticket to ride instead would become their shame, humiliation, and reproach. The problem was that they were depending upon Egypt to save them, but the Egyptians themselves would soon be defeated by Assyria, and then where would they be? The burden against the beasts of the south through a land of trouble and anguish, from which came the lioness and lion, the viper and fiery flying serpent. They will carry their riches on the backs of young donkeys and their treasures on the humps of camels to a people who shall not profit, for the Egyptians shall help in vain and to no purpose. Therefore I have called her Rahab Ham Shabbath. Now, Jerusalem was sending an envoy with treasures on donkeys and camels, to pay the Egyptians for their services, but it would all be in vain. I mean, why would they turn to an idolatrous land anyway when they had the living God? So Egypt would prove to be of no benefit to them. And God would call her Rahab Hem Shabeth, which means Rahab good for nothing. Rahab was another name for Egypt. As Jesus would later say, the flesh profits nothing. And Egypt, in Scripture, is a type of the world. Those who rely on the flesh and the world will find that it only disappoints, leaving them humbled and ashamed. Verse 8. Now go write it before them on a tablet and note it on a scroll, that it may be for time to come, forever and ever. That is, that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children who will not hear the law of the Lord, who say to the seers, do not see, and to the prophets, do not prophesy to us right things, speak to us smooth things, prophesy deceits, get out of the way, turn aside from the path, cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. So there are seven things that God speaks here against his people, and he says, write it down. On a tablet, take a note on a scroll. So this will be a testimony against what they have done. First, they are rebellious. Then they are lying children. They reject God's law. They despise the word of prophecy. They didn't want Isaiah to tell them the truth. They seek smooth words rather than the truth. Their attitude was, tell us lies, tell us sweet little lies, but don't tell us the truth. They turn from the way. 
They didn't want to walk in the way and they didn't want people telling them to walk in the way. And finally, they wanted the Holy One of Israel to cease from being before them. How terrible. They actually really in this were saying, God, we want nothing to do with you. Now, what do you think God would do to such a people as this? Verse 12. Therefore, thus says the Holy One of Israel, because you despise this word and trust in oppression and perversity and rely on them, therefore this iniquity shall be to you like a breach ready to fall, a bulge in a high wall whose breaking comes suddenly in an instant, and he shall break it like the breaking of the potter's vessel, which is broken in pieces. He shall not spare, so there shall not be found among its fragments a shard to take fire from the hearth or to take water from the cistern. Now, the Hebrew word translated oppression here is interesting. It has two meanings. Number one, that which causes hardship and trouble as a form of mistreatment. Number two, the gaining of goods legally but immorally by taking extraordinary unfair advantage in dealing with others. It is interesting that Unjust gain will lead to hardship, trouble, and tyranny. They had put their trust in oppression and perversity and unjust gain, really, rather than in the Lord. As a result, their iniquity would become to them like a high wall that was ready to fall down on their own heads. God would shatter their schemes like a clay vessel broken into a thousand tiny useless pieces. Therefore, God does not recognize our fleshly efforts. He only recognizes the things that we do by faith in his word and dependency upon him. May God help us not to lean on the useless arm of flesh. Verse 15, for thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Now, through this entire process, it was God's will that his people return to him. His heart longed for them. He saw his people as an unfaithful wife. He only wanted her to turn from her adulterous relationships and come home and be loyal to him. If she would have returned to the Lord and rested solely in his arms, then he would have forgiven her and she would have been saved. If she would have silently confided in God rather than going to Egypt, then she would have been strong. The truth of the matter was that despite Judah's rebellion, even now, God was still going to deliver her from the Assyrian invasion. But how much better would it have been if they had trusted completely in the Lord? And so it is with us. God desires that we enter the rest that is in Christ Jesus. He is our righteousness. He is our peace. He is our provision and protection. He is our strength. And even when God judges us as he did his people, it is only so that we will return to him in quiet trust. When we cease from our own efforts and fall upon Jesus, then we are broken of self and God can save us by his grace. Oh, the sweet grace that's available to us if we will repent and believe in Jesus. But you would not, the Lord said, 
And you said, no, for we will flee on horses. Therefore, you shall flee. And we will ride on swift horses. Therefore, those who pursue you shall be swift. One thousand shall flee at the threat of one. At the threat of five, you shall flee till you are left as a pole on top of a mountain and as a banner on a hill. Now, I believe that this prophecy looked forward to the next invasion by Babylon, which would happen in about a hundred years. They had opportunity to learn from this experience with Egypt, but would they? Rather than heeding the word of Jeremiah and surrendering to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, Judah's leaders would seek to escape on horses But then they would be caught and King Zedekiah would be forced to watch the death of his sons and then his own eyes would be plucked out. That is the high cost of refusing to repent and failing to rest in God's promises. Oh, that we would learn to rest in the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew 11, 28, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light now I ask you again if you were God what would you do with this unfaithful and rebellious people the answer to that question might surprise you but you'll have to join us tomorrow to find out You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Tomorrow we will see that despite Judah's disobedience, God waits to be gracious to her. He will teach and prosper them in the future, but in his anger, he will beat down Assyria. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Isaiah on Simply the Bible.